0: This is Vermont Edition. I'm Jane Lindholm. Now it's time for Dorothy's List, VPR's book club for kids, based on the books nominated for Vermont's Dorothy Canfield Fisher Award. Today, VPR's Amy Noyes takes us to Hyde Park, where 5th and 6th graders are tackling the littlest Bigfoot. We are the year. We are the hidden ones. We are the yeah. We are the hidden ones. We live in the shadows. We protect the silence. We live in the because shadows, and we, we protect the silence. silence. We guard the secret spaces of the world. We, we guard the secret spaces of the world. That may sound like a meeting of a secret colony of Bigfoots, but I assure you, they are all students at Hyde Park Elementary School. There's nothing to fear here. And really, there's nothing to fear from any of the Bigfoots in Jennifer Weiner's novel, The Littlest Bigfoot. They're not scary. They're just misunderstood. So, naturally, these Hyde Park students have lots of questions for the author, starting with some terminology. First of all, people who study Bigfoots, like the novel's character Jeremy, will tell you the plural is Bigfoots, not Big Feet. But anyway, that's just what we nofurs call them. That's right, in the book, Bigfoots refer to humans as nofurs, they call themselves the Yare. Hyde Park sixth grader Khalil Bridgman was curious about that name. How did you come up with the name of the Bigfoot tribe, the air? We put Khalil's question and questions from other Hyde Park students to author Jennifer Weiner. Here's what
1: she has to say. Oh, what an excellent question. I don't even remember where that word came from. I have two kids. I have a daughter named Lucy and a daughter named Phoebe and we have lots of made up words. One of them is the word neba which made it into the book where I would I would try to be combing Phoebe's hair or I'd like poke and she'd go neba and kind of brush me away. I don't know where yer came from though. I can't remember. Sometimes when you're a writer, your your brain just kind of spits things out at you and I think this was one of those cases. Fifth grader Bowdoin Mayo asked, why Bigfoots?
0: Why did you choose a Bigfoot for your book instead of like um, Loch Ness Monster or something like that?
1: I chose a Bigfoot because my daughter Phoebe became obsessed with a television show that was called Finding Bigfoot and she watched everything. Every episode of this show, and it felt like every time I would stick my head in the TV room, there'd be a Bigfoot on my TV or like a Bigfoot track or like a tree branch that a Bigfoot had broken. So I became interested in Bigfoots that way. And if she'd been watching a show about the Loch Ness Monster, this could have been a very different project.
0: The littlest Yare is named Millie, and she's different from the other members of her tribe in many ways, including her big dream of singing on a television talent competition called The Next Stage. Here's author Jennifer Weiner reading a bit from The Littlest Bigfoot. Of
1: all the Yares she knew, Millie was the only one who had such dreams, the only one who wasn't terrified of humans, the only one who'd never entirely believed the stories that the Yare Littlies were told. There was, for example, the tale of the terrible old no who had a white beard and wore a red suit that was trimmed with the fur of tiny baby Year. Each winter, he would slip down the chimneys of unsuspecting Year families. He was so small and slender that he could, of course, easily fit. Once he'd gained entry, he would creep around the house, piling food and toys and goodies into an enchanted sack that could hold an entire household's worth of belongings. He would magic himself back up the chimney, then fly away and give everything he'd stolen from the year to greedy little no-fur children who would eat up the candy and break all the toys. So be good, the year would say each winter, or the bad red suit no-fur will come down the chimney and be having your toys in his sack.
0: And if that's not enough to scare the year children into being good, there are similar stories about the bad fairy tooth and the Neister bunny. Another main character in the book is Alice. She's a girl from New York City who doesn't really fit in with her peers either. She's been to a different school every year and has never made a real friend. She's big and clumsy and basically uncomfortable in her own skin. Fifth grader Lucian Padulo recalls some of the ways the author describes Alice. Her hands as big as ham steaks, and her crazy hair, and both of her feet look like one giant foot. Sixth grader Elise Small wanted to know the story behind Alice's looks. How did you come up with Alice's physical traits?
1: I think she looked like the way I did when I was, like, 10 and 11 and 12. Like, I was this very kind of, like, strong, stocky little girl. Like, I wasn't skinny and I wasn't fragile or delicate or anything like that. And Weiner says she's also making a larger point. I think that when I was a girl and even today, I think that there are a lot of ideas about how girls and women are supposed to look and what makes you beautiful versus what makes you not beautiful. And Alice is somebody who definitely does not feel beautiful or does not feel pretty in her own skin or confident in her own skin. And I wanted to write about a girl like that because I had been a girl like that. And I think that there are still a lot of girls like that out there. So I wanted to write a story about a girl like Alice who sort of learns that there are rewards that you get for what your body can do, not just how it looks.
0: Fifth grader Mara Bowers had this question for the author. I wondered like how long it took you to think of this book because it's a very different book, but I do like it.
1: I think I had it in my head for about a year Between the time that Phoebe started watching this TV show, Finding Bigfoot, and the time I started writing. But in that year that the story was taking shape, Weiner says it changed a lot. Initially, I was thinking about a book about all kinds of hidden creatures. Like, not just Bigfoots, but like Bigfoots and vampires and and yetis and Loch Ness monsters and sort of imagining that every summer they would get together for like a convention. And I actually remember like drawing up the convention schedule where it was like, you know, 9 to 9.30 continental breakfast, 9.30 to 10.30 seminar on avoiding humans, you know, 10.45 to noon Zumba, all kinds of stuff like that. And then the the focus just kind of narrowed down to Bigfoot's because I was interested in the way that Bigfoot's kind of echo the way kids feel, where they're big and they're clumsy and nobody really understands them and people think they're hideous. And I think a lot of teenagers feel that way at, at certain points.
0: Weiner has written more than a dozen books, but The Littlest Bigfoot is her first novel for young people. Sixth grader Shannon Walsh wanted to know how she went about writing it. What was your process while you were writing this book? Weiner says she used the same processes when she writes books for adults. She thinks about the characters and starts with an outline of the
1: story. Then she gets to writing her first of many drafts. So all of that happened, and I turned in a draft, and I did not realize that children's books are usually around like 60 or 70,000 words, and I turned in something that was 120,000 words. And so then my process became pulling the book into three different chunks and, and reimagining it as a trilogy.
0: The second book in the trilogy is available now. It's called Little Bigfoot, Big City. Weiner says the third book is still in the works. Our last question for author Jennifer Weiner comes from Hyde Park 6th grader Hope Hoadley, who asked, If you had the chance to be a Bigfoot, would you? Weiner had to think about that
1: one. Wow. Huh. I don't know if I would be a Bigfoot because... The things that I like doing, I live in a city and I get to like walk around and I go to the market and I go to the movies and I go to the drugstore and the the Bigfoots can't really do that. So I think that um, on the one hand, I would be very frustrated by being a Bigfoot. On the other hand, though, a lot of the things that they get to do are things that I like to do. They they get to sort of live in the woods and they, they cook and they make things with their hands and they chop down trees and And they don't have to wear coats because they have their coats on them all the time. So um, I think that there are aspects of Bigfoot life that I would find quite appealing. But it wouldn't be all fun and games. Bigfoots are,
0: well, big and powerful. And remember, with great power comes great responsibility. We guard the secret spaces of the world. For VPR News, I'm Amy Noyes. The book is Jennifer Weiner's The Littlest Bigfoot, thanks to Hyde Park Elementary School librarian Robin Bryce and principal Diane Riley. Next month on Dorothy's List, we'll talk with Kelly Barnhill, author of the Newbery Medal-winning novel The Girl Who Drank the Moon.